What's happening, everybody? My name is Julius. And I'm Angel. We are not done talking about the X-Men. Never will be. We're, we're never going to be done, especially now that they haven't confirmed when a film is coming out or or anything like that, who's mm-hmm. playing these guys. We've done fan casts. We've done pitches. We've done, you know, pitching other people's pitches, like your friend, uh, what, what was his Martin. name? Martin. Uh, Martin. <laughs> he had his idea. And you and I have had our ideas. And the great thing about speculating especially when you know what you're talking about, Mm. (laughs) is that you can come up with so many different ideas of how to bring in the X-Men. If you have an aspiring goal in life, if you want to be a screenwriter or a filmmaker, you come up with all these different ideas, and you know exactly what you want to see on the screen, especially when it comes to characters that you're really passionate about, Mm -hmm. like I am with the X-Men. And I I just want to see this and I'm going to tell you my idea, my story, if you will. Oh, all right. Let's hear it. For the X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, Angel, what do, what do you think I'm going to tell you right now? Uh, I have no idea. You have no idea? I think, I think you're going to bring in the original X-Men first and save Wolverine for later. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, <laughs> not only that, man. I don't have one movie for you. I got four on it. <laughs> you got four movies I got for me? four movies for you. Four X-Men films. Now... Okay. Here's the thing about it. I've I've recently watched uh, the first X-Men film Mm. uh, back in 2002, 2001 it came out. 2000, I think. See, this shit is nearly 20 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't... I I like that film a lot. I think it works for its time really well. And... uh, you know, it was it was a fun movie back in the, especially back then. Yeah. Before it became what it is now. Yeah, back then it was like revolutionary. You know, yeah. up there with Blade and Spider Man. Yeah. You know, those were kind of the pioneers of the modern day superhero film. Right. But I, as a franchise, as a business, when you look at the fr- X Men films, you can't help but see some of the things they didn't get quite right. Mm. I have a little list right here. Number one is that they tried to stuff in a lot of great characters from the comic books in single movies, mm. turning them into cameos and extras. Mm. And, you know, you can't deny that. There are so many X-Men characters in the comics, in the lore, that we've wanted to see expanded on and done properly, but they just didn't get their service in those original films, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They, they were mentioned, you know, people like banshee and uh, havoc and yeah. bishop and jubilee they were mentioned but i don't think they rose to their full potential Mm-mm. like they could in the marvel cinematic universe and uh you know do you agree with that or yeah. th- were there some x-men characters that you felt didn't get the service they needed to no i definitely agree in terms of like the service they needed to i felt like colossus like had a lot of potential and cyclops never got to it it's- <laughs> I mean, the primary <laughs> example is Cyclops, <laughs> the leader of the X-Men, and he was like... That that fool doesn't back. get a line until yeah. 20 minutes into the first X-Men <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, you know, and he's just kind of there for Wolverine to just speak banter with him and stuff, yeah. but... Um, I'm gonna take your girl. Yeah, but like, that, <laughs> that's something that the MCU, I know for a fact, will turn around. They will make sure to handle each character with a lot of care, and... Um, use them appropriately in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I know for a fact, Kevin Feige. Like, the cool thing about the X-Men, there's so many characters that an X-Men movie will feel like the roster of an Infinity War. It will like it film, will likely you know? feel like an Avengers film. Yeah. The X-Men with, film. With the amount of characters that they have. Oh, you know, shoot. The powers that we're going to be seeing. Yeah. The colors of the costume. Oh, know? yeah. It's just it's so exciting. You brought up Kevin Feige. And he was actually a producer on those original X-Men films. Of course he was. Uh, he knew what he was talking about, even yeah, though did. a lot of his ideas 
didn't go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it couldn't go through because he wasn't the wasn't seventeen the, billion dollar producer back then. But now yeah. he is. Now he is. <laughs> now he's read more comic books. Goddamn yeah. it! Number two on this, what did the previous X Men films get wrong? List is they spent the majority of their films showing why Wolverine is badass, mm. but everyone else isn't. Everyone else is kind of inept compared to Wolverine. He's the guy who leads them. He's the guy who, you know, gets them together even though he don't doesn't want to. He's the guy who really cares about the idea of the X-Men. When that role should be someone like Cyclops, mm. you know, should be someone like Professor X and Storm. But a lot of those roles were underwritten, you know, right. just because Wolverine for certain people was the most interesting one, the most badass, the most coolest. You know, he's your favorite X-Men character. I love Wolverine. But th these films didn't really show why it's a team mm -hmm. rather than Wolverine and the squad. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I mean, Hugh Jackman's not at fault, really. I mean, he was just too damn good for. The, yeah, he for was too damn good. But I mean, it's a great point you make. Uh, the X Men, it's about equality and working as a team. It always has been, especially in the comics. And if you've seen the animated series, it's not just focused on Wolverine. It yeah. does a brilliant job of exploring all of these characters, even giving some episodes specifically just for them, like Gambit and. Um, Nightcrawler. And, and Nightcrawler, you know, Rogue, even, Storm, they even, all got yeah. their episodes. Even a show like called Wolverine and the X-Men yeah. did the team aspect yeah. better than these films did. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and you know, they, they push him kind of that in that Hugh Jackman role in, yeah. in that cartoon. They push him as kind of the leader and stuff, but they still give everyone their due. They give everyone their shot. They show that why Cyclops is not the leader in that show. Mm -hmm. You know, they build him up to come back to that yeah. type of role and stuff. But, you know, they even in, in something like that, which I think they should take inspiration from primarily. Mm-hmm. They do it really well. Yeah, even X Men Evolution. Yeah, you know, like that that show's sick. You know, yeah. and who knows? Maybe we could get that costume too—the leather kind of yeah. modern orange suit. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if they're gonna go with the yellow spandex, but they um, better go with the yellow spandex. I know that'd be really <laughs> sick. And there's a good reason for it too. You know, like of course. secret identities and stuff. So it would work perfectly in this universe. But um, yeah, the the previous movies failed to realize that the characters or that the stories were bigger than the characters yeah. that they were serving. They had it the other way around where Wolverine was their main focus, their main priority, their cash cow. So they put him in the forefront and um, lacked focusing on the on the on the team players. Yeah. They took that quote, I'm the best there is at what I do, too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three on this list is they didn't humanize a lot of their characters enough. I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same stuff again. But we need to really highlight a lot of these points. Hmm. People like Cyclops. You know, they tried. I, even after watching the first one again, it's not like he's just there a lot of the time. You know, he even leads partially the end of that film on their, uh, their mission mm. to stop Magneto. He does lead it, but it's not to the point where you're, you're you know, behind him. You know, as an audience member, you should be behind someone like Cyclops, ready to fight with them, you mm. know? And you're just not. You know, you're like... Well, what's Wolverine doing over here yeah. <laughs> fighting Mystique, you know? What's, uh, I mean, he, Storm kind of sucks over here. Let's let's go back to Wolverine, you know? I, I feel like a lot of these characters could be better utilized if they're, they were humanized. A very big example of this is a character called Psylocke mm. in X-Men Apocalypse, who was just a Bond girl, essentially, you know? Pretty much, yeah. The, the muscle, you know? A lot of these characters, the reason that people love them is not just because of the costumes, uh, it's because of who they are, you know, it's because we we love them as their personalities. Yeah. You know? 
especially people like Psylocke and, uh, you know, a, a lot of the characters they've shown in passing we love because they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, make these characters feel like real people yeah. with real problems. It's yeah. very relatable, the X-Men. Um, you know, a lot of people say that Magneto and Professor X are are inspired by Malcolm, Malcolm X, and... Uh, Malcolm Jones. No, not Malcolm Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. That's totally right because they deal with political issues and social issues. And, you know, these are people that are literally mutated. So they are kind of like banned from society or looked down upon. Exactly. They're outcasts. So I feel like it'd be so interesting to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe something that we haven't seen before, which is we've seen a feud between the Brotherhood and the X-Men, but an actual understanding that like, wait a minute. If we can't even get along, if mutants can't even get along, how do we even expect the rest of the world to treat us like normal people? Yeah. Let's start there. Let's fix our problems within Mm -hmm. our society and help the human race, and hopefully they'll see the best side of us. Let's not. The human side. (laughs) Let's not approve Sentinel Overwatch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) These giant robots (laughs) destroying cities just for the one mutant. If one mutant is in your town. That town is destroyed yeah. by the government standards right. in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Because Sentinels are... That's, that's the dumbest shit I think I've ever heard yeah. in my life. So it's really vital that they get, I think, the dialogue correct. Yeah. Um, and, and a step towards humanizing the characters is definitely showcasing their backstories, yeah. each and every single one of them. Also, if I may, the yeah. political outlooks on both sides of the argument. Right, yeah, exactly. Which is something I actually like from the first X-Men film. Yeah. Uh, it opens up, uh, you know, aside from Auschwitz, it opens up in a Senate hearing where Jean Grey is speaking on mutant behalf and Robert Kelly is there mm-hmm. speaking on, quote-unquote, the interests of the people. And he's talking about, I mean, he's saying a lot of shit that, is very familiar to this very day mm-hmm. in terms of our actual real life political uh, uh, dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying a lot of very similar stuff. Um, but it opens up an interesting conversation yeah. that needs to be had in these movies. And also the fact that Magneto thinks like, you know, survival of the fittest. So yeah. why not? Yeah. If we are all that more powerful and we have a reasoning, reasoning to, you know, control these people why not that's some old school philosophy right there yeah. man it's it's darwinism yeah you know yeah is he all bad no i mean he's just trying to survive right and if he yeah. lives in a society where people shun him torture his people you know kick him out why not why not <laughs> you know we need magneto right now <laughs> magnet magnet yeah bitch <laughs> uh okay so let's actually get into the pitch the four films, goddamn it! Yeah, let, yeah. let me just disclaim right now. This is gonna change some shit up oh, wow. in terms of the continuity of the X Men. So I don't, I don't want no comments. You know, uh, uh, Storm isn't uh, <laughs> Storm's out of Africa. She's from Marvel. I, I I want you all to know something right now. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has changed so much in terms of continuity, yeah. honoring the original stories. But you know, they've had to change stuff up for our political climates for our social climates Mm -hmm. they've they've really had to do this and you know marvel is going to do this for the x-men you know like look at the world we actually live in today you know they are going to make these films for specific people and that's the pitch that i'm going to give you right Mm -hmm. now these films this is the quote-unquote phase one 
of the X-Men. And this is about the process of coming out. Mm-hmm. It highlights every step of the way when you are coming out as LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And that is a great... I think that's what Marvel needs to do for the X-Men films. That's what these characters are about. They represented everyone who, in a society form, was treated lesser than because they were different. If you were black, Mexican, gay, uh, I don't know, Asian, you know, an immigrant, you know, Jewish even with Magneto, Mm. you know, this movie is about accepting yourself or Mm. these movies are the, the process, the the overlying story is about it coming to terms with yourself. Mm -hmm. So the first film we are going to be dealing with is your boy. Cyclops, because hey. yeah, I mean, goddamn, <laughs> this movie, they, like Cyclops has gotten the shaft in these uh, X Men films, really. Even when they've tried to push him in the, uh, the what's what's his name, the Ty Sheridan, is that Ty Sheridan? His? Yeah. Ty Sheridan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's better in terms of a character, but he's still gotten kind of the shaft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's Mystique is leading the X Men now. Um, <laughs> so basically, the first film is Cyclops. The story is, in a world where mutants aren't widely known to exist, mm-hmm. Scott Summers is being approached by an early version of the Brotherhood, led by Mystique, and at the same time, Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, led by Charles Xavier, who at this time can walk, and Eric Lencher. Both organizations see his potential as a face for their causes. He is introduced to Jean Grey and Beast, who is also known as Hank McCoy. Through the film, he learns more about his powers, how to control them, and in doing so, conquering his fear, which manifests itself as hatred. Self-hatred, which is the worst. The film builds up his relationship with Jean, actually expressing why they like each other, and not this whole, you're thrown into the middle of a relationship with how Wolverine was in the first mm. X-Men film. It's like, it's like, you're gonna tell me, stay away from your woman? <laughs> that she wouldn't be my woman. Uh, by the end of the film, he's leading Jean and Beast against Mystique's attack on the public, which is, I gotta say, badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very small scale. It's not public. It's just like this small town that they're defending. Yeah. And by the the whole arc of, you know, uh, Cyclops is to overcome his self-hatred. Mm-hmm. It's to learn how to kind of lead himself into a better mindset, which is very important in, in life, especially when you're dealing with something that is very uh, outing yeah. as of superpower or gay or you know just having a certain viewpoint on things you know this covers the first step which is overcoming self-hate cyclops it's amazing thank you uh (laughs) the second film is iceman uh i love iceman he's a cool character me too uh i love that guy i thought he was i actually thought he was all right in the original x-men films who's the actor who played him do you know i don't know his name but he was fun yeah he was a lot of fun (laughs) that scene with the coke he's like (laughs) drink this shit boy yeah dude such an awesome power such a great character now let me tell you something about iceman the film the main inspiration about this movie is call me by your name Starring Army Hammer and oh, uh, wow. what, what? What's that actor's name? Timothy Sha- Charlemagne. Charlemagne, right? Yeah. Charlemagne that, or something like Char- that. Uh, <laughs> Charlemagne, the football player. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the biggest inspiration on this pitch, because this is a love story. Mm. Iceman, Bobby Drake, is a young gay mutant who's had a lot of incidents where he's accidentally attacked people with his powers, which includes dry ice burns, uh, freezing them. He's been on the lam for a couple months because he's been scared of what his parents would do if they'd see him. While away, he meets another mutant named Angel, 
with a similar backstory. Except, hey, that's me. Uh, no, it is not you. <laughs> <laughs> except that he comes from a very religious family. Mm. This is a problem due to angels' power, which are literally giant wings right. that represent an angel. You know, They've turned him into this poster child for their beliefs, for their cause. Angel ran away because his parents don't know that he, too, is gay. Which is a no-no for this family, obviously. Right. They are both... And this, by the way, is kind of this... this I, I, I know that there are groups in the comic books for X-Men that kind of represent the Westboro Baptist Church and, mm. uh, you know, all those crazy cults, basically. So, you know, it, it would kind of be one of those groups that he was representing at one point. Right. I forgot, forgot what it was called. <laughs> uh, I think in the, uh, the comic books... Uh, what's his name? The, the character... Uh, uh, Stryker led one of the William Stryker led one of those types of groups, so you could definitely tie that into this. Uh, so both mutants are being pursued by members of the Brotherhood, Pyro and Avalanche, uh, for the same reason as in the Cyclops film. They want more people in their group. Mm -hmm. At the end of the movie, they try their best to fend them off, but they aren't that lucky because they aren't trained for this type of thing the whole movie they were building up their relationship they weren't and running away they weren't fighting yeah. so they do their best the couple embraces each other after being you know beaten and they think they're about to be killed but they are at the last minute saved by cyclops and gene gray hell yeah baby. They're brought <laughs> <laughs> not yet guys. <laughs> they're brought to the school meeting xavier and eric Bobby tells his parents that he's gay, but they still love him and let him go off with Xavier to learn more about himself. Mm. Through the film, Angel and uh, Iceman grow to a connection with each other and learn to love the types of people that they are. Mm. Uh, one thing about this pitch that I like is that it takes Bobby and kind of puts him in the role that Rogue was in yeah. in the first X-Men film. Except that, you know, this is more based on a love story, whereas Rogue was just scared of herself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that all, her arc also included Iceman, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, and I love that the first one is like relinquishing self-hate. Yeah, and the second one is embracing self-love. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. No, thank you. <laughs> Our third film is a Gene Gray film. The thing about this third film, it is a prequel to the Cyclops movie. Oh wow! So this is before she met Cyclops, before Iceman happened. So the biggest inspiration for this funny enough, was Mandy, a film that came out in 2018 cool. with Nicolas Cage and uh, Andrea Rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that scene happens in the film, by the way. Uh, the story for this is very scary. Uh, this is probably the most horror film in, in terms of its concept because Jean Grey was raised by Sebastian Shaw in the Hellfire Club. They grew her up, training her, trying to keep her, or, or trying to key her into her psychic abilities because they saw something more powerful within her. They sensed a great fire from within, if you will. Mm -hmm. She was raised to become the ultimate weapon for mutant kind. At this time, Mystique was a member of the Hellfire Club right. and was her fighting instructor alongside another mutant named Rogue, who always was considered second best to Jean. So there's already that dynamic right there. Mm. She was taught to hate humankind and any mutant that was their enemy. Mutants like Charles Xavier and Eric Lencher. She goes on missions with Mystique and Rogue to get technology, help their cause and do more harm onto humanity. They are confronted by Xavier and Lencher trying to stop them. Jean goes up against Charles who notices her power, the battle ends for now. 
Through the film, Jean gets a new perspective on the world, her relationships, and her ethics. By the end, she decides that she has to stand up to Shaw and the Hellfire Club. They try to coax her into tapping into that ultimate power I mentioned earlier, but she denies it, accepting that she is good enough as Jean Grey, not needing to stress herself for their goals. Jean, Charles, and Eric bring down the Hellfire Club together. Mystique runs off seeing that the Hellfire Club had some good ideas, but abused mutants when they should be cared for, so she goes off to start her brotherhood. Rogue runs away, wanting to figure herself out instead of going with Jean to Xavier's, because they've kind of reconciled at that point. Jean, at this point, gets a whole new family, and is sent off to help a young boy with lasers that shoot out of his fucking eyes. <laughs> oh, damn, boy. That is the third film. That sounds sick. Jean Grey, the cult film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Scientology, the movie. <laughs> uh, are you ready for this fourth film? I'm ready, man. The final movie Give it to me. of Phase 4, or Phase 1 of the X-Men? Phase 5 of Marvel Cinematic Universe, or whatever. <laughs> phase 4, whatever. This is just... The X-Men film, my man. This is basically the protest movie. Uh, because that's a big part of uh, becoming... Or not becoming, but, you know, coming out. You, you, you protest a lot of the ideas that are pushed on you. So that is basically the uncanny X-Men. The story for this is this film is about to, the formation of humanity's last line of defense. The X-Men. Cyclops, Jean Grey... Iceman, Angel, and Human Beast. Beast. The mutants learn how to properly fight. They get uniforms, help humans during emergencies, but they're not perfect. Xavier pushes Scott to become a leader of the team, while characters like Bobby and Angel are hesitant to being led since they've been on their own for so long mm -hmm. in the Iceman movie. Yeah. This film highlights the idea ideologies of Xavier and Lencher. Xavier, coming from an accepting family that supported him through his mutant transition, he was given the gift of human kindness. He traveled the world, finding and educating his fellow mutant towards a more enlightened perspective of life. Eric, on the other hand, has a more jaded, cynical view of the world. He's seen the ugly parts of humanity, being a Vietnam veteran. I'm changing up the whole he was in a concentration camp thing because, I mean, he'd be what? He'd be like 90 or something, you know? Like, I, I kind of want to make him in his 50s or 60s at this point. So, I'm putting him in Vietnam. He fought for humans. He was kind of, you know, because that was a big part of the hum uh, Vietnam War. There were so many people fighting it that were against that whole idea. True. It was a whole uh, conflict made by governments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was abuse, basically. People were protesting back then. That's true. There, Marvel is probably going to have to change up his backstory. Yeah. There might be backlash against it, but <laughs> it makes sense. If you want Magneto to be in the present time of the Avengers, yeah. um, he, he can't be from the Holocaust because... Yeah, you're right. He'd be like 90 or over 100. Yeah, he'd be he'd be old as hell. <laughs> and not over 100, like old, he'd like be 90, older. You know? <laughs> you know, look at how old uh, Xavier was in Logan. Yeah, he'd be around that age. Yeah. Uh, basically, during the Vietnam War, Magneto or Eric used his power of controlling metal to survive. He would have been killed if he didn't have his power. Mm -hmm. He saw the savage nature of people, and he even saw fellow mutants during the conflict. Especially this one time when he was saved mm -hmm. by a savage dude, a short dude, who he knew was a mutant because he sensed metal in his bones. Mm. Oh, shoot. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he called him Bub one time. It was pretty dope. Uh, so that's basically their 
ideologies. That's why they look at the, you know, humankind the way they do. Right. The two teachers of the school work together to balance each other's viewpoints. That's why they're great friends. That's why they have such a great uh, respect for each other. Mm-hmm. It's because, look, I know that you kind of oppose me in terms of the way we see things, but if I can just, you know, talk to you right now, we can just kind of chill out with each other. Uh, The X-Men in this film are finally going up against Mystique's Brotherhood of Mutants. When the Brotherhood attacks them at the school, Mystique gets into Eric's ear, explaining why she's doing this, and that their views on humanity aren't so different. Mystique and her team leave the X-Men broken, making sure they can't stop them from attacking the White House, where the president is! Not the real-life president, because otherwise, I don't think the X-Men would stop. (laughs) Xavier and Eric argue about whether they are right to try and restart the world. Charles says he won't let Eric help them destroy civilization. Eric throws him back against some debris really hard, crippling him. Charles can't walk. So Scott decides it's time to step up and lead his team. The X-Men go to the White House where Magneto is, where the Brotherhood are, and all hell breaks loose. There's a great Marvel fight. It's the best Marvel fight we've ever seen because mm. it's the X-Men coming in with their whole ideals and their whole, you know, teamwork. Yeah. And they come in to save the day. The X-Men win the fight because they're working as, as a unit. As the authorities come, the members of the Brotherhood take the fall, letting Magneto and Mystique escape to keep their ideals unchained. Because of the fight, mutants are now a widely known phenomenon. Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters is now advertised as a safe haven for mutants all over the world. The X-Men are the proud face of their people and a new group of heroes for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. That is phase one right there, my man. I love it, man. That was amazing. Thank you. I want that to happen. I, I want it to happen. Kevin needs to listen to this. I want to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, get someone tweet this out to Kevin Feige. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's important that... This first set of films, like I said, highlights the whole idea of coming out. You can't... And and I know that a big question you and I have faced is, well, where have the X-Men been? Why haven't mutants been a thing? Mm -hmm. Um, This is basically looking at a whole culture of people and letting them kind of prosper and be known. You know, think about actual types of people. Uh, that have lived in this world like gay people they have not had they didn't have the rise back in the 20s like they do now you know look at uh you know that whole community this is basically expressing that in terms of the superhero world and uh, i think that's a pretty important part for these x-men films that they need to highlight that you know i agree yeah i think it does that perfectly yeah thank you (laughs) um was there anything you think that I was missing, because I know you love the X-Men. You grew up with those original films. Yeah. Um, you better not say, just throw Wolverine in that bitch. Like, <laughs> uh, what, but what, what did you think about, uh, did you think I missed anything? No, I don't think you missed anything at all. Uh, I love this pitch, and um, I've had enough Wolverine for 17 years. Right. It's time for these guys to have their time to shine. Yeah, these movies... And, and what, sorry? think about how much, think about how much, uh, how exciting it would be for Wolverine to be teased you know like set up this team yeah. make us connect and love these guys first oh wait oh shit we still got Wolverine we still got guys. him in there like think about how exciting that is that's exactly what the Marvel Cinematic Universe does perfectly they give you yeah. characters who 
maybe you're not sure you completely love all the way like Iron Man we fall in love with him and now we can't wait for Cap to show up and meet up with him you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. so it's like I think it should have that same effect this pitch should be you know hopefully woven into the formula of Marvel somehow imagine you know? the reaction of a, of a theater in an X-Men film like this with films like this building up to it and you're already about the characters. You already love them. You already want to see them come together. And you love the, the, the you know, Xavier and you love Eric because of their backstories. And then you throw Wolverine up in that bitch, yeah. dude. You, at, like a little cameo. Dude. They would lose their minds. Dude, you have no idea. Like, Wolverine, to a general audience member, yeah. is like... He's the X-Men. Behind Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, you put, hey, Wolverine or Iron Man. Wolverine. Right. Cap or Wolverine. Right. If that's even a debate, dude, it says a lot about Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. And he's like right there. Put him in his costume. Ooh, man. Don't worry. Don't worry because I'm letting you all know. I'm letting you know, Angel. There is a phase two to this shit. Oh. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. It's still being worked on, but uh, you're going to get a part two to this, my friend. All right. Well, I look forward to, to hearing it. Yeah. Uh, even if this does not happen this way, uh, I'm glad that I told you. I'm, I only wanted to tell you and the audience members because I know that uh, we all love the X-Men. We love the X-Men to the point where we will argue <laughs> with each other about who should play the X-Men. Yeah. You know, uh, I, but I still just want to see this. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know? do. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see the accident. I can't you know, wait like... to see anything, man. Shit. come true. Yeah. Uh, just Marvel, I'm letting you know right now, build up the characters properly. Yep. And you will get everything that you need for us to enjoy. Uh, any last words? No, Yeah, and that theme would be saved for the for the actual X Men film. And it's gonna happen. And it's gonna happen. Come on, they they did it for Spider Man Homecoming. They did his theme. They're gonna do it for this. They are. All right, guys. What did you think about this pitch? What do you think about the X Men? Do you want more than just one film for the X Men building up? Because the idea of this is to you know make anthology films. Yeah. You know, I don't know if a Cyclops movie would get a sequel or anything because, you know, I feel like the sequel is the X-Men film. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Go anthology route. Yeah. It's different. It's yeah. different from Iron Man 1, 2, 3. No, go the anthology route. It works for these characters because they can have their standalones. Boom. They and, made up. And their stories could be continued in the actual X-Men yeah. films. And there are so many, so many other characters to give other films that yeah. we, we could fill those slots in with other characters. Yeah, yeah. Hence, part two of this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the X-Men movies can be set up just like how phase one through three have been. You know, yeah. X-Men sequels are like the avenger events for the x-men yeah so. so let's do it let's let's get this thing going which was your what which was your actually favorite film of uh, of all the x-men movies no of, of my pitch. oh of your pitch <laughs> of these four films that is the question i'm gonna ask you and then i'm gonna ask the audience my favorite i think was iceman and angel Ooh. i found that one to be fascinating especially yeah. with angel's backstory yeah um him coming out as gay, the conflict between him and his parents there, yeah. his relationship with Iceman I think could be really interesting. Their powers could complement each other very well. I would love yeah. to see them like, you know, Iceman building up ice, you know, into and the then sky. They and they fly with each other. Yeah, yeah, like that would be really sick. Um, and I also love that the overall theme for that one is is self love, and I think yeah. that's something we should all 
uh, we got to do it, man. People and become better. We got to so, get up on one, that self. -love. I think that one's my favorite. Yeah, thank you. I I, I like that one a lot. I love all of them because yeah. they're my children. But yeah. I, and I love some more than others just because I can pick certain things. Like I love, I love the X Men one because I threw Wolverine in yeah, there. No, <laughs> but exactly. I, no, I yeah, yeah, I loved all of them yeah. as well. It's just like that one really really stood out to me as like wow that is yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, and Marvel is very in the business of always changing up their formula so yeah. i feel like that one we haven't seen a superhero movie like that yeah um so that one i'm down for um i think my favorite was actually the jean gray one mm. i i really like the idea of her growing up in a cult i yep. like i like the idea of her already being messed up in yep. the head which when the phoenix comes into that that's that's how she's that, vulnerable that's you know? that's gonna make it even crazier yeah um, I, I really dug that one, especially because I love Mandy. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. I just love the idea of uh, seeing Eric and Charles work together to save this this idea yeah. of uh, mutant kind. Um, we'll, we'll let you guys go. Which one was your favorite of all the pitches? Do you want to see this? Do you want to see the X-Men kind of split up and then build up? Yeah. Let us know. I am Julius. And I'm Angel. <laughs> Mutant and proud, bitches. The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.